Hello and welcome to Bluebells Forever, a podcast with interviews of Bluebell dancers past and present. Join Sherry Lewis, a Bluebell herself, as she leads us on a journey through story and experience. And now here's Sherry. So we're going to flip it today on Bluebells Forever. Um, Liz Larkin, I would say you're my guest, but I think I'm going to be your guest. And I just want to say welcome, and then you can welcome me because you're going to be the host here in the minute. Because you po- you posted something like, we've heard, you've heard our story, now we want to hear yours. And I'm like, okay. And then, then you said, I'd like to interview you. I'm like, I'm kind of intrigued because it's really interesting to be on the other side of it when I kind of know where it's going to go and now go, well... Let's see where Liz takes me. <laughs> and I'm excited it's you because I know when I interviewed you, I was so looking forward to because I really, really looked up to you. And hello, Hollywood. Hello. As like this bubbly, effervescent, amazing on stage. And then it was really fun to hear more of your career because I only knew from Hello, Hollywood. Hello. And then Lose Touch. And to find out you had worked in Paris. I mean, you had just done so much more than I ever knew working with you. So um, I'm really going to just be done now and turn it over and see where you take me. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you for letting me be, be a part of this and, and being willing to have the tables turned on you, so to speak. <laughs> Hello, everybody out there. My name is Liz Larkin Thorpe. Everybody knows me as Liz Larkin, but, um, uh, you know, in, in my new life, of course, I'm Liz Thorpe. Um, anywho, uh, welcome, everybody. We're going to be spending an hour or so, who knows the way we talk, um, <laughs> um, where this where this might go or end up. But, you know, after listening to some of your marvelous podcasts, which I, I can't thank you enough, they, they really brought us all so much joy and enrichment. And I guess the first question is, what inspired the start of this? I... I'm a podcast junkie. I listened to a whole bunch of them and never had any intention of doing one. But when I went to the Hello Hollywood Hello reunion, which I think you were at, I've seen. Yeah. And it was just hearing those stories. And I'm very, very much about story. I just want to sit with each person and like, tell me your story. Like, I just wanted to hear that I could sit next to someone for a year and not really know that much about them. And then to have that show run for 11 years and have people that we never got to work with, but we were in the same show, but because it ran so long, I just was like, I wanted time for that. And then the reunion in Paris for Bluebells in general, I'm just waiting in line and hearing the stories. I just wanted, I wanted to hear them all, but I also wanted to share them all, share them all. And I have a dance studio with, you know, college ages, the mid range, but you know, older, and no one has any idea about the world of, of cabaret or the big production numbers or who Bluebell or Darren Arden. So part of it was I wanted them to hear dance history other than what's taught in the curriculum in the college of, you know, <laughs> Martha Graham. Da, da. And there's this whole world that's left out of dance history. So part of it was I wanted to kind of use it to inspire and inform. And some of it just woke up things in me that I realized were a very important part of my life that I just kind of went, oh, I did that, got married, have kids, and I might pull the photo album out once in a while. So it's so really have, connected. You don't, did you say you own a dance studio? Mm-hmm. Yeah. For oh, 28 I, years in Seattle, Westlake Dance I Center. I didn't know that. I knew you were a teacher, but I didn't know you owned the studio. Yeah. We oh, were kind of like the beginning of the jazz studios because in Seattle, there'd be one jazz class from one teacher and there'd be somewhere else. And jazz was like, oh, that's not really dance. We had a lot of modern and ballet and jazz was considered wiggling or something. And so there was a lot of teachers I liked that moved. And so we're like, we need something for us who want to do, you know, ballet, contemporary and all that, but also do more jazz. And it just, it was such a need at that time. And I brought in just great performers. Someone was who worked in Jubilee. And then I also had, we just had, every, we were, then we started adding hip hop when people in Seattle, like, oh, hip hop's just passing. It's not really a thing. I'm like, ah. <laughs> guess what's paid our bills for many years. Thank uh, you. I can imagine. So what's yeah. What's the uh, the the count right now of enrolled students? I know it's not what you were at your the height of business pre-COVID, but do you um, have an idea? We are drop-in adult, and so it's not like we have tuition where people sign oh, okay. in. So 
we could have a really high month and a really low month. And it's, it's interesting with January, even with this surge of Omicron, we are, we are back at pre-pandemic. I think, you know, most of our people are vaccinated, either had it or whatever, and they're coming back in because, you know, we were locked down, we were having and then five people in class and trying to still stay open. And now I think it's people need this so much right now. We need to dance. We need to dance together. So it's actually doing a good upsurge. And we've and kind of tell me, what's the name of your studio? It is Westlake Dance Center because we started on Westlake Avenue 28 years ago and we've had four locations because buildings get torn down. So I want to rename it nowhere near Westlake because we are nowhere near downtown Westlake. Um, but yeah, the name has stayed even though we've moved four times. Well, this is, uh, this, see, this is news to me. So I gathered that you were from the Seattle area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where did you train when you were a kid? Suburban Dance Studio, which is in Puyallup. So that's about an hour away from Seattle. So I grew up kind of a smaller town, suburban studio. And the owners were looking into Vegas for their daughter, who's only like, I think she was not even five foot tall, but they were wanting her to go to Vegas because they would go and see the shows. And then like, you should go because you're tall. I went, okay. (laughs) So their daughter and I moved to Vegas, like right after she graduated. Yeah, it wasn't like anything I had ever you know, had my sights on because, you know, being tall as a dancer, where do we go? Where do you go? Do you have photos of yourself in, in your show regalia up at the studio? No, they didn't. I think trying to think if they even had any photos up. I think the owner, she was part of the um, Radio City Corps de Ballet. And so there's one picture of her and that was kind of it. And then there'd just be recital pictures. So yeah, it wasn't like local girl makes good or anything. Girl, <laughs> the I studio. <laughs> I had a studio be all pictures of Liz everywhere. <laughs> Did you really? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my um, okay, so I was curious. I think you just had a birthday. So happy birthday. September. Oh, September. So- okay. <laughs> was- That's just, you know what, as old as we are, it was just the other day. Well, you know, you know what? I ha- I know two Sherry Lewis's on on Facebook. So oh, okay. I, I, so that's what it must wasn't your birthday, but I'm I'm just curious, and I don't know how you old you are, and I don't know if you want to tell me. But... Sixty two and proud. Oh, okay, yay! <laughs> you and me both. Um, sixty three. I'll be sixty three in May. What was the first? That I thought this will help me guess your age. Do you remember the first record? you purchased <gasps> oh my gosh that's a great question um it was the osmonds like a yo-yo oh yeah but then there was i think that this, uh it was also share half breed and i would play it over so and these- over and over and roller skate in the garage to half breed and choreographs <laughs> These are, these are bona fide albums, right? Not 45. Oh, I bought the 45. I don't think I bought an album for quite a while. Yeah. I had my record player. Yeah. It was like, you'd get one 45, you'd save up your allowance. It's not like now you just buy a whole thing on Spotify. You would get that one record and play it basically till the grooves were gone. That's right. I remember using a piece to choreograph to that was on the B side of a Beatles a Beatles song. Uh, I think it was, was it Yellow Submarine? Uh, I can't remember, but it was the most beautiful instrumental and probably most people hated it and went, what? But anyway, I digress. Can I, my can husband I tell said, Liz, don't talk too much. <laughs> <laughs> can I actually tell a story about a record? Do it, do it. Okay. Because I actually did this at our show because I'd found this 45 that I bought and I didn't really know who it was. I think it was like, you know, the bargain box of artists you don't know. Oh. And it, it, the title was Jungle Fever by the Chaka Kaz. Chaka Kaz, I think. It wasn't Chaka Khan, but it was the Chaka Kaz one word. So I remember choreographing to it. It had like this jungle beat. And so I'd make up dances. But it had like this moaning and um, breathing hard in it. And so I would choreograph. And in my mind, I thought, oh, she's breathing hard because she's running through the jungle and she's being chased by a tiger. And then the heavy breathing would start. 
And I'm like, oh, maybe she's just super tired. And then a man's voice came in. I'm like, oh, they're running together. So I had this wonderful story of this. And then I'd had my splits down and my cartwheels. So I did this for the talent show in front of the whole school. Forgot my whole dance because I did the splits and everybody clapped because I did the splits. So then I forgot all the choreography and I just kept doing the splits over and over. But then when the moaning and the heavy breathing came on, I look over and like the teacher and the principal are on the wings just going, oh my God. No one stopped me. No one, no, no one, one said that's not a, no one said that's not a good idea. And maybe I just, you know, I told the story so well about the jungle that they didn't understand it was actually about orgasms. Oh, that's a great story. That's a great story. <laughs> it was sure. my third, my third record I bought. Oh, wow. And roller skating, roller skating in your garage. Oh, those were, those <laughs> were the days. So I hear about dancers that have all these other talents and play instruments or they're fabulous at, at this or that. I'm thinking, when did you have time to work on that? I, I have no other skills, frankly. How about you? Did you, have, did you have anything else besides dance when you were growing up? No, and I, my parents were like, we have this much money. You can take dance. That was it. My brother, sister, pick, pick, pick one, one sport, pick one thing. Yeah. And I think like I tried gymnastics and I wasn't good. at. I tried out for cheerleader, cheerleader. They said I was too dancey. Um, didn't play any instruments. Cause again, the parents were only going to pay for one thing. So yeah. How rude. You were too <laughs> dancey. Yeah. They said you were too dancey for drill team oh, or too dancey oh. for cheerleader. I think you were probably just flat chested if I'm guessing correctly. Yeah, that's probably closer to the truth. In, in my school, it was really about the boobs. So perhaps, really? perhaps it was that. I, I was, I'm still bitter that I, I didn't make the squad, but, but I was flat as a board. But, but we, took, we took our boobs on to better things. Uh, it, thank you. <laughs> yes. I bet none of those girls made money as a topless dancer. So. <laughs> Touche, ladies. Right. And, uh, yeah. They still look cute. So there. <laughs> Let's show up and, at uh, okay. um, reunion. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I know I kind of gleaned over the different podcasts what, what the trajectory of your, your career was. Um, and all the different places that, gosh, weren't we so lucky to go? It was a best time oh to be gosh. a dancer. Just the best. But what I, I don't know, I know you have a daughter because you said she helps you with the editing. So you're married. Um, widowed. Widowed. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thir 13 years. And that's yeah. a time. Yeah. And children? Uh, I have a son who's 30. Oh my gosh. I have to keep track of this 32 and my daughter's 29. Wow. Yeah. But no grandkids yet. No grandkids. And probably, maybe not. I think they're both, you know, when they say they don't want, want kids and people say, Oh no, you'll change your mind. They're like, you know what? I can say what I, I no, I don't want kids. <laughs> Please well, don't tell me I'm yeah. going to change my mind. Well, there you go. And are they in the area? Yeah. They are about 10 minutes from each other and about 20 minutes from me. Oh, that's good. That's yeah, good. it's really nice. My daughter is going to move to Spokane in the summer. So that's four hours away. But I'm like, that's okay. It's not to another country. Yeah, oh. they can just live over their cheaper. Seattle rent is really high. And they can live, you know, with his family for a little while to kind of just get some savings up so that maybe eventually they can well, buy you know, something. That's when it, where I go to when I go to the big city. It's Spokane. I'm, yeah. So we can see each other. Yeah, I'll drive over and we'll, we'll have some. We keep saying we have this cocktail. Yeah, we've got um, that's um, yeah. We're right on the we're we're very we're in what they call the panhandle of Idaho. Yeah, because it's yeah. skinny and and you can you can drive to you know, be in Washington and drive through the panhandle and be in Montana. All it's I think a grand total of less than ninety miles. Yeah, so, I've driven that. So come on, you're coming over for lunch. I yeah <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I'll, uh, I'll do what I can if she, she, uh, needs any, any help finding stuff when she gets here. So, um, awesome. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's see. What else was I going to, what else was I going to ask you? Um, but ne neither of them are, are in the arts. They do art. My daughter's an amazing artist. Um, mm -hmm. she actually created the poster. I have a cabaret, a Parisian cabaret show coming up in March. 
and she designed the the poster for me. And so she's seen so much of the showgirl art that I post for the podcast. And so she created something that just fits it just right. But she does beautiful, beautiful art. It's kind of very feminine, majestic, almost sometimes a little bit dark in a beautiful way. And my son does like graphic art and he, um, yeah, they both are artists in very different ways, but they don't make a living at it, but they're both extremely talented. And people think, well, if you are one artist, you should be able to do the other. But if I sat down and try to draw with them, I get like, nope, I'm doing stick people. And you guys have a very different art skill than I have. Did they grow up in the dance studio? No, because my studio is, well, they came there a lot, like on Saturdays. And if one of my teachers had kids the same age, so they would play while we would teach and we'd like go out and do fun things in town after. But yeah, they didn't, they didn't take class. And my studio was an adult, you know, drop-in studio. So they just came now and then and they came to every show. They're very, uh, they appreciate it and they have really good uh, feedback, but they didn't really ever go into it. My daughter took one year of ballet and didn't hang upside on the bars. I'm like, okay, there we go. <laughs> she was just way more like, let me just run. Like she just was a, she was an athlete and for her to hold still and pay attention to class. It was like a good, it was a good year challenge for her. She said, I'm out. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> I tried it. Done. <laughs> I'm out. She was mad. She didn't get to be the center part, even though she knew she wasn't as the one girl that got it, but she was still pissed. Like I should have got center. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cute. So, um, okay. I lost my train of thought. See, this is why I'm, I'm, I, um, hmm. I do oh, it every I, interview. No, I know. I know. Um, how, you're t- so you're currently teaching you're, mm-hmm. you're teaching yeah. and, and choreographing and still very much in the trenches. Yeah. I only teach one class a week normally because I just have really good teachers. And then I just start, had an audition for my cabaret last week. So we'll start rehearsals, which is what I need to kind of feed that creative part. That's been lulled to sleep with COVID. of just trying, you know, we were doing zoom or just all the, now it feels back to like the joy of creativity again. And I have a massage room at my dance studio too. So I work, I do massage. So my, my life is super eclectic oh, still. See, so you're a massage therapist as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. It's a, we break them, we fix them kind of a studio mm-hmm. nice nice <laughs> uh just the fact that you are a successful drop-in studio that's because you you know I've tried teaching adults over the years and everybody's like oh I want to I want to take a class and every time I put one together adults not that they're flaky but they can that's always the first thing to go when yeah. when the kids call or the husband calls or something's going on it's like oh blow off dance class so I learned to get the payment up front for, you know, try to do six weeks. And- <laughs> right. Well, we used, I've taught in kids studios where they had adult classes and we found the adults didn't want to be in with kids, but ours, like we say adult, but it's, it's like, we say 12 and up, but there's no 12 year old. It's high school, college and up, but it's, it's like, we have a lot of professionals. I would, I would brag like a lot of our dance. I have dancers that are dance, dancing with Beyonce and the choreographer from Macklemore dances at my teaches at my studio. So a bunch of us are in Macklemore videos with her. So there's so many that went on to LA and did great things or Rockettes or Broadway. That's but then there's the, there's moms that just want it that are great. They did ballet their whole life. And there's some reason, like when you graduate, you're supposed to be done and they come, you know, they come back now and they, they're still really good. It's just because you graduate from high school doesn't mean you shouldn't get to take dance class anymore. So that's, that's the feel. It's very much, everybody is welcome here. But no, no toddlers. They're not welcome. Yep, got it. Got it. Very <laughs> different dynamic. Have you interviewed Lisa Deer? No, she I know that name just from. She was in Jubilee, and she had a super successful studio over in Missoula. And she's now. She recently, um, I, I will say, sold it. I almost said unloaded it, but <laughs> 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 wrong terminology. <laughs> And she, she is in the corporate, corporate show uh, convention world and she does all the cue calling and she's friggin' phenomenal. Really? Nothing that woman can't do. I'll get you her number when, yeah. we, when we hang up with this, but, but I, I was wondering who, who are the chore- who are your favorite choreographers? And we'll talk about when you were dancing right now that you own a studio. Well, I mean, Fosse just stands out. It was one of those things when I saw that I got to try it, like it just felt like 
it hurts your body. Like Fosse is one that hurts and feels good at the same time. But like, I always wanted to do a Ronnie Lewis show. I worked with Joan Palethorpe in Montreal, which I thought, you know, I'm pretty darn close to Ronnie. But I just remember the first time you were going to get it's really, I loved how she worked. I loved her processing. I love that she was encouraging, but I would see, like I worked in Puerto Rico and I, there was a, um, I think she was a choreographer. It was for Miller Reich. And I'm like, I have to do this. And then, so I would like dance, take dance classes from people in that show. Just like, I need this. Cause I think knowing that, you know, I did ballet forever and I was never going to be a ballerina. And when you find that style that feels right on your body was like, I was in love with it. Um, After Ronnie passed away, was it last year? Did you see yeah. the videos that were going around? I did. And I had been Joan trying to was find just those. Everywhere, everywhere. There's we a one at backstage with her that was like, she, oh my God. Yeah. Oh, I know. Sorry, I interrupted you. We still get Christmas cards. My, my husband um, is musical director for Carnival Cruise Lines. So she and George did years and years and years of shows. So we, we know them really well. Uh, and oh, wow. certainly have some fun stories. And I always wanted to get up and jump in. And I too worked at the Kef Comp in Montreal so that's right oh my gosh that was such a fun fun I mean I love Montreal but um was there was there any show that you auditioned for that you did not get not in those kind of shows I mean I was like my first show was uh Hello Hollywood and then from there was Michael Kempton and Carlin Vandegrift and I got hired for Puerto Rico just because we already were cast in that. And I think from there, sometimes I audition, sometimes you just get hired because they knew if you're in that other show, you're ready to be hired. I like when I moved back to Seattle, I worked at the fifth Avenue, which is the main um, theater company here. And so I got into one and I want to do West side story, like more than anything I ever wanted to do. And my best friend, Anne and I kept getting called back and we're like, every time, did you get called back? Did you get called back? Yeah, I did. We have another call back. And we found out we were being called back for the same part. And so she got it and I didn't. And I was like, so happy for her. But I'm like, I have to go cry by myself. Cause she's like, did you get called? I'm like, no, did you? She's like, uh, yeah. So I think that was a, that one. I, most of the things I got, like, I don't think I try to think of what I didn't get. Well, I'll sing anything that required a, a really beautiful singing voice. I didn't get those. <laughs> That's when I started audition for more musical theater, but for the other shows, I think. It was just a good run, like one show after the other, after the other. And then like Gene and Ryan, like, hey, do you want to come back for another one? Or Greg Thompson, do you want to do another one? So you basically aren't really auditioning much anymore. When did you retire? From those kind of shows, it was 85. I had worked in Bermuda. My reasons for ending were, I'm looking back and wish I had not done what I, you know, stopped why I stopped. But then Greg Thompson was like, just come do one more show and we'll get at somebody and you can teach a replacement. We just really want you to come for the opening and then we'll replace you. Like, okay, one more. And then Jean Ann Ryan was in town and I, and I ran the audition for her for the cruise ship. She's like, I've got a show at a dinner theater in Florida. I'm like, no, no, no I just met somebody. She's like, I'll pay you more. You can be company manager. And I was like, it never has never been about the money, but my husband, my husband later when we were dating, he said, go take the show. I don't want you to not take it. And resent me for not going and so he ended up coming down and and it was fun for him to see that part of my life and then so it was like 85 I was done with those types but I was still doing some musical theater in Seattle I should know this but how old were you in 85 I stopped at 26 25 26 of those shows oh that's so I thought I'm gonna make it happen in Seattle yeah I was way too young I just was feeling weird about wearing G-strings. I thought I'm going to be a youth director. And I had a lot of, I had really struggled with being topless all those years. And then like, now I'm like super proud of it, but I, and then my, it's, my parents were getting divorced. So in my mind, I'm going to go home and help fix their marriage. So it wasn't until recently I realized that, that like, why I read my journal and like, this is so sad. I got offered like Monte Carlo. I had a world cruise. I probably had six of the best job offers I ever had. I know I can see you. That's the reaction. Like, like, why did I stop? And it, it didn't, it was really hard to come back and like be done, even though I still wanted to do it, but like, no, I'm doing the right thing. 
And I was like, damn it, girl, I had so many good years left in me and so many places I wanted to travel. Cause that was part of the beautiful thing was the places you get to live. Oh, honey. Yeah, I know. I want to go back. I, I, that, <laughs> that's way more than the one, the one that got away. It was more like the decade that got away. You oh, know? Yeah. Yeah, because things were going so it, strong. I mean, if, if you could have a redo, of course. It, oh yeah, it would be. I would have gone. Oh gosh, yeah. I don't. I don't regret. Um, I don't regret milking it for every ounce. I like. I think I told you I worked until I was forty and way, way pregnant. And I think <laughs> you know, I was like, they're going to have to take get the hook to get me off because mm-hmm. that stage. I just loved every minute of it and. And it's funny because I've been going through a bunch of videos. We're doing a Folly Berger reunion. I saw that. So, and it's for all, everybody that's been in a show. Really? It's just, it's just oh, open. I saw you. Yeah, it's, I'm it's kind of excited. So please, if you're listening to this and you live in Las Vegas, or you're going to be in Las Vegas that last Saturday in March, please come find the, find the website and, and join us. Because that our little dance microcosm is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And we all know each other. We're so intermingled. Please yeah. come and join us. It's, it's going to be a very, very special, special night. So I've been going through some videos because apparently there's a montage happening. And just sat here crying my fool head off. Just bittersweet because yeah. it was so it was it was fun to I I just put that whole side of me to bed especially yeah. in Idaho like you said mm-hmm. I don't tell anybody that I was a Vegas girl they think you're swinging on a pole yeah but like you said now I'm not so I don't keep it so hush hush right yeah there there is like don't you dare let them know you work topless or or uh um, you know, I work for a lot of Christian schools. I, I'm a teacher for Christian youth theater. And, and now I'm like, I just don't care. Right? <laughs> so, <laughs> um, you know, fire me. If you want to. I used to think they're going to fire me when they find out. And now it's like, oh, they're so lucky to have me. <laughs> but watching some of this footage and going, oh, gosh, I, you know, you get you, you, you get more seasoned, you get your performance changes as you get older. It's not yeah. about the, the extension. It's, it's more about the, the, what's coming from the inside out in the performance. And I just like, Oh, can I have another shot at that, please? It's. Oh, yeah. I think with the wisdom that we have, the and be able to embody and also um, the ability just to be more present like I notice everything now when I go for a walk, I'm not just trying to think of what I'm gonna do next. I'm really more present. So like, I want to even be on the stage and really be present and take like in a movie scene where you just slow everything and just look, I have Michael Kempton coming up next week. And she talked about, I didn't do believe being in the back for something that she wasn't normally back there. She was in the front and she got to see everything in front of her. Cause normally you're just, it's such a blur, but she got to kind of take in the whole stage of everybody and just was overwhelmed of the how amazing it was but I go how many but if we could just have one more time to just stand there and just soak it in like just yeah feel what that felt like when you're not rushing off to the next costume change I had a very similar experience I had taken after I came back from Montreal I had a boyfriend that was like I'm done with this being hooked up with a dancer nonsense so I said okay I'll be a housewife I didn't luckily I didn't marry him but I I Uh was literally a housewife for about six months and this and I thought oh I can't do this I just can't do this and and I mean you know I made dinner six nights a week and we went out to dinner on Friday nights and got my ladies magazines with the recipes (laughs) and 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 it's so funny because I thought I've got this thing down. Like 20 years later, he called me. We were chatting. His mom had passed away. And, and he said, hey, now keep in mind, he got me at my prime, right, of, of domesticity. And, and <laughs> I was amazing cook. And he says, did you ever learn to cook? <gasps> and I went, what? I said, you, that was the best I ever did. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so... I called Jillian and I'm like, Jillian, I, I need a job. And she's like, Hey, I've got an opening. 
come, you can start, you can start tomorrow. I was like, I'll be there. And I, of course, had been in and out of the show many times. So it was just find a costume that fit, put that girl back on because I remembered all the choreography. I don't think we even had to do a put in, but I'd been away from it for like six months and, and we loaded Top Hat in, in the basement. Didn't we? I loved it. I wasn't in, I wish I was a Top Hat. Oh, and, and, and then it, it came up, the elevator came up and, and you, and you came up and over the stairs and the exhilaration and that feeling of, of being back in the lights and, and everybody around me, it was, su- it was such a, it was like, oh, I'm home. I'm yes. Home. Oh and gosh. I thought, I better dump this bastard. So <laughs> yeah, I think it was, <laughs> I think I it was mutual. This. I think it was mutual, but yeah, you know, well, those gloves are hard to, you know, unload both emotionally, you know, and physically, yeah. but, but that was a really, really profound moment. Just, I have a thing that I just recently processed. I was telling a friend how, when I was done with that. And then, like you said, again, the, the women's magazines and I started dressing a certain way. And I was, I was very much in a very legalistic church setting at that time too. So like, this is how you dress and you better have a quilted Bible cover and you got to have these certain magazines. And there was this thing I was putting on and kind of trying it on, but it, it was not really me. And I look at pictures and even my kids like, mom, what was going on there with that? <laughs> it's like, I don't know. This is what you do next. This is your next costume you put on. And I was reading something I wrote about my first recital of feeling the lights on me. And somebody had said, it's like your alter ego on stage. And I went, actually, no, I feel like that is the real me. Like it's seven years old that felt that to come forward and shine. And then feeling a hello, Hollywood, like standing in the light. So I don't think that was an alter ego. I think that's the real for a lot of us. And then we learn to put on something else because either don't shine so bright or you don't want to want to be pretty because that's vain or whatever. There's all the things like maybe the one that was lured to be on stage isn't our, our braver self. Maybe that really is our true self because when I'm doing the podcast and I see everybody in these costumes, and I remember what it felt like. I'm like, I think that was the most me than when I was trying to be a certain kind of housewife or a certain kind of businesswoman or whatever. The I don't know if you there. resonate, but you're putting on something else like this is okay. I'm not that anymore. So let me try this on. And it never felt right. It never, I mean, it felt fine. It didn't feel the same. We're going deep. Sherry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was just this realization. Of oh, going, yeah. I look at those pictures and I go, what? I was just trying it. Like, well, maybe this thing is what's next. And it just wasn't me. Not that, and I love being a mom. I love being a wife. I was trying to be what it looked like from the outside of what, what it was supposed to look like of your decor or your, your schedule. But it was just like, no, I think the most I felt myself and now to embody it as a mature person, like, can I put those together and do just, just one show? Can we just all have a show together? where We go back to those bodies, but with our brain and maturity now. Well, I always wanted to do the Palm Springs Follies. Uh, I told my husband we moved to Los Angeles when we left when we left Las Vegas. I said, "Well, just so you know, when I'm in my fifties, I'm doing the Palm Springs Follies, and I maybe you should start a um, start one in in Seattle. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, I think so. With us for us old broads, I think that there it's a t- there's a time. I'm putting my cabaret and I feel like it's the time to do it. Like Seattle needs something other than the same thing. And even my Parisian cabaret, like I want, I want to make it not the same experience that you have every time you go into like a certain type of theater. So I think, I think it could happen. There's something we need food for thought. Well, get that G string out. How's your, how's your body? How's uh, physically, are are you, do you have any new parts? Are you hurting (laughs) or? I have two hip replacements and I had same, my same hip second, or both hips, both hips. So I had one before my second one was before the hello, Hollywood, hello reunion. And I came with a Walker four days after my surgery, I had to get it cleared from the doctor to get on an airplane. I had my fancy dress and my Walker and my feet were so, so <laughs> and I had my support, but I had, I wasn't going to miss it. And when I got there, when people asked what was going on, so many people said, Oh, me too. Like there was, I think we said maybe 30 people to read it. We knew of that it had it, but there were so many people that on the bluebell things so like Jerry Tasson, I was taking dance class from him 
before the pandemic, he's had both his hips replaced. So when I would take his class, we're like, yeah, we don't do certain things. And there's some things with this new metal hip that has a little more range of motion than that arthritic one that was just, you haven't you had hip replacement mm-hmm. too? Yeah, my right one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The jump split, the jump split one and the flambeau that, but, but the left one is fine. And, but I still have a recurring injury from taking a fall in the fans number. Really? I honestly, maybe even the first year of Hello Hollywood Hello. Oh, I don't know. It was one of the times I went back in and I didn't have my own costumes. And those fan dresses were so, so heavy. <laughs> I was I'm at five nine, I was on the petite side. I think I was probably wearing one of the taller girls' costumes and I and I exiting you know, with the uh, fam here and I stepped and I stepped on the inside of the dress and I just went over like a tree. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> but, and luckily I was very close to the wings and, and right. they kind of pulled me off. And one of the, one of the singers that was in the wings put it back in for me. He was an <gasps> E. I, I can't remember what his name was. It Dell? I don't remember anyone. Anyways, he, he put it back and it dislocated. Dislocated. And it's bother, it still bothers oh my, me. Oh my God. <laughs> All these That's, years later, I, wow. I, I'm just shy about the surgery. So I'm not. I kind of held off. And then after everybody said, oh, when you've done it, you'll be so grateful. Like, why did I wait? I actually, when I did the Showgirl road trip this summer, I visited Karen Burns and she's got so many, most of the Hello Hollywood costumes. And it was just oh my gosh, just to walk through and look at everything and like have all the memories come up of, of, you know, how beautiful, but she brought out one of the night and day dresses and I took a picture. It does not do any justice. It looks like a a off white on, on film, but it was like in the sunlight, that thing is just like, it's like a giant disco ball, but to feel how heavy that was and held by one hook, one hook right by your collarbone that held that whole dress of very, very heavy. Yeah. And mine broke in one, one of the shows, the whole hook just came undone and the dress, I mean, you could hear it like just, whoosh, just hit the ground and then you can't pick it up and walk when you're in your, you know, under G and your fishnets, nothing on top <laughs> and your fans and just trying to get off stage with it. Cause there was no way, there's no way to, to still pull that up and dress and oh, wear it and dance no again. Kidding. That's a good story. Yeah. There's so- like so many things. I always ask people that too, because in there's those shows with the big, those costumes and the sets, there's so many things that can go wrong. So, yeah. That's the worst thing that happened to you in Hello Hollywood? The, the, the loss of the night and day dress? Well, it was like two weeks later when we took the fans overhead and we look up, my wig was hanging in the fan. And so then I had to try to pull that on. But I think the worst one was, I, well, one time I fell up the stairs in the staircase, like I caught my foot and I was wearing the wheel. It used to be Marilyn um, Stedman's and you can't put your hands down. So it's a face plant. And then in my cape in finale, I hooked my foot and I went down and people said it looked like the wicked witch from the back because I went down and the whole thing went down. And then I rise back up because you just, you, you, it's really hard to get back up. And it's that feeling like it feels like 20 minutes. Like I'm going, nope, I am. Nope. I'm down. Okay. I'm down. So yeah, that's probably the worst on that stage. I had worse in fifth Avenue. I fell in the hot tub in the scene in Valley high of um, South Pacific. <laughs> that we had preset, they didn't put glow tape. And so during rehearsals, I sat on a rock between two hot tubs. So it was supposed to be, a, it was a waterfall scene, but you couldn't see it from the audience. The hot tubs were under. So my role was to sit on the rock and like be, I think it was brushing my beautiful long black hair as a Tahitian woman, which is super believable. And in the opening night, there was no light because they had, they didn't have the piano accompaniment. So it was pitch dark. And I went to sit down and went backwards into the hot tub and I had no idea what was up or down because it was pitch black and I'm underwater and the lights come up and I see like four faces looking <laughs> into the water and they're all distorted. And they said, I look like the dead mermaid. Cause my wig was all like in the water and my legs and my sarong were open. So then they, somebody helps me out and he says, honey, you're Mike. Do you better get out of the, out of the water so you get electrocuted. Had to do the whole scene everywhere. I went on stage was just a puddle of water and I'm in a wet wig and the makeup is all running down my face and everybody would look at me and just lose it and try to try to sing. And it was just, you can't rescue this one. This is so bad. You didn't leave, did you? I didn't leave. And I got in trouble with the costume lady. I'm like, Hey, that was not my fault that they did not put glow tape in a fast change to try to sit out there. But 
that's probably the worst thing that's happened on stage, <laughs> but it's still, it's a good story. So when I audition again, like in my story that I wore the space boots for Tiller one time. <gasps> no, <laughs> was that a prank? Cause you can't accidentally no, do that. No, no, I was a prankster. Tracy, <laughs> Tracy Akesian. She was Tracy Hatcher. Yeah. And I were a couple of little scoundrels. And I will be honest, they were mostly my ideas. I was a terrible influence on that sweetheart. But we were always, always getting, well, not, we didn't get caught that much, but we were always up to no good. But even I did not have the, have the chutzpah to wear silver boots in place of the pink and orange. But, you know, when you, when you sat down the little fluff on the tiller costume, I guess you couldn't see. And I wonder, I often wonder, did people know, <laughs> did they just not tell me, but you, when you're walking <laughs> backstage, it's, it's dark. And, yeah. and I guess I, I just failed to, I put the costume on before the shoe change. Oh, anyway, I just think <laughs> hilarious, hilarious in that. Was it the giant robot ones or was it the silver? No, 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 oh, no, God. no. Okay. It was, That'd be hard to like. Yeah. Just the, the regular, you know, almost, yeah. almost. <gasps> The silver, oh, for, uh, for space, space, the curtain, space, the silver space boots. Yeah, they were, oh they, my gosh. they were, they, they looked exactly like the tiller boots. They were, I yeah, love those boots. Silver. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> I know, I know. Oh my gosh. Um, how are you, how are you doing with the dreaded aging process? Oh, that's so good. I had, when my 60th birthday, it was coinciding with four friends that we get together. Our birthdays are pretty close together. And this time we went up to Canada and we stayed somewhere that had a pool and hot tub. And we just made a big deal of turning 60. And my friend got a tattoo that just says third act. And we were talking about like the first act I think of is hello, Holly. All that falls into that. Like you're young, you're figuring out what the storyline is, where you fit. And you got that mid part. I think it's what I think of having kids and starting a business. And then in a, like a Shakespeare, like at the end of the second act, people are, there's a war or somebody's dying or something tragic happens. The third act is where you kind of wrap, wrap it up, but it feels like the, one of the best acts, like you've set the groundwork. And I feel like, and I embrace that. Like, I love being six, I'm 62, but there is something that when it was dreaded to get here and like, I don't care so much what people think. And I heard people say that I'm like, is it possible? Um, I feel good in my body. I just feel like I appreciate each day a lot more. And I think with COVID and everything else that's been going on, it's just like, you know, we don't, we have no idea. And so I think it's like, you know, if it, if it ends really soon, this was a good day. And I just think, you know, I hung out with somebody did this and it's not so much all the huge adventures. It's the small, just being more present instead of thinking what's next. Cause at this age, what's next is like, I don't know, retirement and then death, but well, and <laughs> it's, it's like, not, what's it's now? Not necessarily a given you know, absolutely. Yeah. So it just feels like we made it this far and yeah, my, my body, I've been doing gyrotonics, which has felt so good. I was saying it feels juicy. Like when I do Pilates, I hold on, hold on. (laughs) Juicy or gyrotonics? Gyrotonics. It is. It's very much more uh, circular range of motion where Pilates is linear, which I like, but the gyrotonics, especially with new hips, there's like a lot of circumduction, which is the full range of motion. And it just gets into places instead of like, oh, how it's like, oh, oh, I've not felt that. And so my spine feels really good. My back, my shoulders, I had some weird things, adaptations for my hip surgery that, that were probably not the best way they were adapting. And now things feel centered. So I come out of there and I feel like I'm 10 inches taller and, and every day I'm like, I can really wait to go back and do it more. It's really expensive to do private. So I'm doing it for free because a friend of mine's trying it's an apparatus it's called the tower, but there's also gyrokinesis, which you can find online, which is just sitting on a chair and it's a lot of rotation and breathing, but it's more, cause I think as a dancer, like if I'm not getting my leg up high and making it harder, I'm not working where this is like working in the um, spirals it just feels so good. Like it just like, when I said juicy or yummy, my, teacher, my friend was like, yeah, that's where it's like uh, nourishing your joints instead of like punishing them when you're in your sixties, it feels like our joints are like, stop already. Well, yeah. So I feel good. 
It has not made it to Idaho yet. So <laughs> Hang will, in there 30 more years. We're a little behind, but right. I love anything with rotation. I feel like yeah. releasing some stuff. Yeah. Everything as a massage therapist to like how everything has to do with your spinal cord and the connection of brain body. Yeah. There's different paddles where you're working your shoulders and it doesn't, you're not <clears throat> pushing through. You're like, Oh, I can go farther than I ever knew. And you're strengthening without like loading a lot of weight. I just, I would do it every day if I could afford to have one in my house, but I can't and my house is too small. <laughs> so what do you do physically on the days that you're not gy- gyrating? <laughs> gyrotoniking um walking i live really close to green lake and so love walking hiking um I, in the summer i'm swimming almost every day that i can because i live close to a lake that's really clean and there's no boats on it yeah it's like five minute walk from my house um you just don't go in the weekends where it's just a big cloud mm-hmm. of weed <laughs> so you have to get through that but yeah swimming walking and then teaching dance and i'll, I'll do yoga i'll do like I was, I've actually interviewed somebody that there are a bunch of dancers in Paris, some from the Lido, some from the Mulan, some from Crazy Horse that have a online fitness program called Kalon. So I thought I would hate, I just was prepared to hate bar. I just like, it's not ballet bar. It's not, I'm not going to hate. I loved it. And I was actually, my hips were doing much better doing that too. So I'll, I'll throw that in there once in a while. Like if I feel like 10 minutes, 20 minutes or an hour. And, and this is the, the Paris girls class. Yeah. They, yeah. And you can like, it's, you can it's all loaded. So if you feel like you want to do Pilates or yoga or gyrokinesis, yeah. And you get to choose and they have programs they put together and the, and the cardio bar is, I think it's really good for hip replacement or anything with older hips to make sure that you're balanced. It's like, I'm, I just live my life through my butt muscles and my quads. And so I'm trying to get those to stop doing everything and wake up some other things too. Nice. Okay. Well, this is, you know what you're, you're just, taking it and uh working it to the best of your ability then as yeah your 60 year old bod so yeah i i find um the mirror is not my friend anymore oh that part come to terms with that yeah the collagen has left the building (laughs) (laughs) and i i you know I have a list of all my friends that are gone, starting with the AIDS epidemic. Yeah. And I, um, I refer to that list when I get a little down and uh. think, you know, wham, 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 and boy, that nothing, nothing snaps you out of it when you realize how many wonderful, talented, vibrant, amazing people we have lost over over the decades and uh it's all about gratitude and appreciation and you know we're on the right side of the dirt girl so yeah like looking at my 62 year old belly going i've lived a lot of life i'm still here and actually the the the, uh slideshow i put together for those we've lost i only knew of a few like when i interviewed uh, miranda and she talked about debbie richards who i worked in puerto rico with her loved her i had no idea she had passed Oh, so then people are sending me pictures and like, and I don't know a lot of them, but that I cried a lot with those pictures. Cause as soon as I posted it, more started to come in and more and more. And it felt like this is why the podcast matters. That's why I was telling our stories of those we've lost. And I think what's hard is with the AIDS epidemic. I didn't know until way years later who had passed because we didn't have social media. So I like, whatever happened to so-and-so I'm trying to find a friend of mine and someone like, Oh, he died like 30 years ago. Cause I didn't even know until like 10 years ago right. what happened. And so I think there's a delayed grieving, but it feels really beautiful and hard to grieve it together. Like when I post that slideshow and that video and you people are, are also grieving and celebrating as a community feels really sacred instead of like, yes. I have a photo of, them of just these people that I knew and to find out that we have all lost several wonderful people but they were a super important part of our life back then. Well, thank you for putting that together. I know that that could not have been an easy task. And I thought um, oh, Miranda was just adorable. Oh my gosh, <laughs> fun, what fun. And, and uh, I'm like, I want to be friends with her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fun, but um, I just um, curious um, if there 
if if you could reinvent as a dancer here and now, just starting your career, what knowing everything that you know now, what what would you what would be the goal? What would you want to do? What would you want your career to look like? If it was with the opportunities of the 80s and 90s? Or now in present time? No, present time, but you could basically get any gig you wanted. What what oh, would you wow. want to be doing? Would you want to be doing I theater? Would you want to be doing television, hip hop girl? I would love to see cabaret come back and be a part of that. Like even trying to bring it here in Seattle. And I think there's things kind of happening. I just love that whole, I did musical theater, which I love for a while because I love like doing West Side Story, knowing the whole story instead of like best of Broadway and those shows where you're like, now I'm a jet and now I'm in my fair lady. And you just kind of zip around between genres, but it was really good to have like a cohesive story, but I really love the cabaret vibe of just getting to have all the flavors and having the opportunity to travel. Cause that's one of those things like, I'm gonna be in Paris in April. We're gonna go see the cabaret shows. I bring a dancer trying to set up auditions and I wanna go eat all the food and I wanna go see all the shows because I'm happy they're there. But yeah, like, I think it would, it would be that. Cause I don't, I don't wanna, I'm not gonna be a hip hop dancer. Um, I think it's some of those jobs that were so long it would be hard to do. And it's also when it's just gig to gig to gig it's just too much. Like, I, I like the idea of like, I'm going to go work for a year and get to really soak up what it's like to live in a certain place. Like Montreal, I just, I, I just soaked it in. Bermuda, oh, I just like. fall in love with that city? Oh, I loved it. I love the arts. I love the food. I love just the, the outlay of the, and I had never been I've anywhere never that been old back. before. I, I always said, oh, I can't wait to come back. I can't wait to come back. And well, I went back with a friend of mine that had danced in the show with me because she lives in New York. So we met up there. And we went back to some of our places. Some weren't there, but a lot of it, it was just being back in the city. And it was funny. We went to the Cafcon and uh, I, in my mind, I remembered the theater being much bigger and we get there like, this is tiny. And we walked around. Then we went up the spiral staircase to our dressing room. Like, oh my gosh, this is tiny. And then we went to where we used to live and how um, this is an interesting commentary on me is I remembered like this courtyard was really beautiful with flowers and all that. She goes, no. It looked like this. I'm like, no, it was prettier or something. And then we saw where she lived and I was like, gosh, I thought this was nicer. And <laughs> so I came home and told my husband like how I, it was like how I experienced, honey, that's what you do. You, you make things better than they really were. Mm -hmm. So then I started wondering about my dance career. And it was interesting, Athena, who has a podcast, we did the road trip together. And she was like, did I make this more than it was? But then we started like, because of telling all these stories, I go, no, I don't think we made it. It was, it was even better. It wasn't like we made it like it was something that, like I always think of the guy in Napoleon Dynamite, his playing football, he's still talking about that one pass that he made and he's trying to relive his glory days. I think from doing the podcast and when I went back and I got to see Karen's costumes and I got to see the stage, I went, no, it really was this wonderful. This one I didn't embellish. Like this part of my life really was this magical and maybe the courtyard, the flowers were, you know, there were no fairies and, and singing squirrels in my old courtyard. Bluebirds hanging the laundry. <laughs> right. I think that part might be embellished, but. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, it's interesting because I have this daughter that is graduating from college wow. in June and starting what will hopefully be her career in in dance she, she's a dancer I've seen her pictures yeah wow. yeah and and she girl can sing too so but she's not that keen on it she she just identifies as a dancer and wondering wondering what what the future is going to hold for her I, I watch some of these um you know the the you know the awards shows on tv and you're thinking, uh, over my dead body, will you be humping a stage like that? Or, you know, some of the, yeah. some of the choreography is like, we're no prudes, Sherry, but right. sorry, <laughs> it's pretty vulgar, but you know, that's, that's what is required of those, those dance gigs now. And how would I feel? Well, it's not my life, it's hers, but I do want you to put your ear to the ground while you're in Paris, because I don't know. She lives in New York. She doesn't want to come home. 
we'll see what what the Broadway scene is like, which is which has definitely changed yeah. even in the past four years since she's been there. Um, so it'll it's it's kind of fun though. I I feel like I'm getting a second chance at at this. Oh, and yeah. I, I've been sending clips going through all this, these videos, like I was saying earlier, looking for some Paula Berger nuggets and, and finding some, some seriously funny backstage videos and, and sending oh. 30 second clips to friends going, look at us. I mean, gosh, our skin is perfect. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, oh my gosh, our, our butts. Oh my God. Anyway, I'm, I, I, my, my girlfriend sent back to said, you know, these were, these are the happiest memories of my life. The times in the dressing room, not yes. necessarily on stage, oh, yeah. but the dressing room stuff. Oh, oh my gosh. Cause we spent so much time together. We, we just, yeah. No, I, and I think, I think there's something special that happens between women. There's so many women that are not in show business that really don't like women. You know, the yeah, the yeah, competition, competition, and 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 um, and then I never, I just we, I never found a whole lot of that in in our biz. I'm sure yeah. it was maybe on quietly, but but not, yeah. I think that we were all super supportive of one another. Mm -hmm. I just remember being in really good conversations and laughing hard. And it's like, oh, gotta get on stage. And you get on stage and you go back like and pick up like right. What were you saying right before we got interrupted by a show? I know the pesky numbers. We had to go do right. a pesky number. I know we'd be on get back and tell me about what John said. Oh my gosh! Did I tell you about going going on stage in um, Pink Feathers? Is that what we called it? The staircase number. I just heard, yeah staircase. The staircase. Or, yeah. I had a water bottle, a water a, a spot, spray bottle hanging on. It was like, why is this thing so locked? <laughs> And it was just didn't feel right, but I was last minute Liz, so I you know went on anyway. And then the dresser took it off, and it's like, why is this spray bottle? And it was you know a full size, not a little mini one, full size. I don't think oh anybody noticed. I don't think anybody Oh wow! Yeah. Oh, that's like, good. Like, who else can you who else can you tell a story like that to? Oh, oh yeah, I went on like, and I I don't talk a lot about it about about my my time on stage to to my friends around here <clears throat> i you know i just don't i they i do every now and again pull out a pull out a story and they they do love it but i just don't want them to think that i think that i'm all that and a bag of chips because yeah i i i'm i'm very conscientious of that um but I, I just have why i love popping your podcast in and going <gasps> I, oh yeah, that's me. That's me. I did that. I, I worked there. I did this and yeah, it's been, it's been really, really fun. And I feel like I know, I know, I know these people, even if we don't really know each other, it's, I, I hope you've got a long list to keep going. It just keeps growing because people will share it and then their friends come and I'm like, Hey, do you want to do one? There is one thing I want to ask you right here on while we're recording is I've been doing 10 minute tea time with bluebells for, we have a Patreon page, which if anyone wants to support the work, because there's like production costs and I pay my daughter a little something. So patrons pay like $5, $10, but I keep putting up new content. And so there's circle back there's bluebell adjacent, which I in my next one coming up is one of my dancers who's in la la land. And he talks about being on film set as a dancer. So there's those, but we're doing 10 minute tea time and we just get on, we wear fancy hats and drink tea. I want to get you and Leslie Larch and Miranda and do tea time. So will you agree to do that? We just record it. We send, we do the video, we get silly, we drink tea. Put yep. you right on the spot. Yeah. Heck yeah. You okay. Oh That's God. been the fun thing Leslie is like, who is... do you want to talk to? Who do you want to have tea with? Cause I did um, Jane Horton, who was in England with her best friend, Diana, who was in New Zealand. And so like, we can do that. Who do you want to have tea with? We'll, we'll set it up. We'll have tea. We'll record it. And then I just put on the Patreon for fun. Oh my gosh. It sounds like a blast. I'm just looking around here. Like, uh, you've got a fancy hat somewhere. I'm, I think I'm looking for, I'm looking for, I'm looking for a hat. <laughs> I, I might have something from a show. I, there we go. I had, um, yeah. 
sticky fingers, <laughs> shall we say. But, um, I've heard so many stories because I felt bad. I found something, a couple of be- beautiful rhinestones in my uh, makeup box I had pulled out for years and then a pair of gloves from Sherbet's. And I thought, did I steal this? I don't think I did. But then everybody, oh yeah, no, I have this and I've got this from the show. I'm like, okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. You're, a, you are a good girl, Sherry. <laughs> I wish now I wish I would have grabbed stuff intentionally. But oh. we can put all these together and we can make a show. Everybody wear the one thing that you stole from the show oh. with a leotard. Wow. I've got, God, I'm just, yeah, okay. Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds good. No, we'll I was telling somebody that I went to the closing night of the Folly Berger and they, they, uh, I was staying in, the, I was staying at the Tropicana and the next morning at about 6 a.m., I went down into the dressing rooms and they were open because the cleaning ladies were there and I had a garment bag with me. And <laughs> I just started stuffing because, you know, they were going to take them out to the desert. That part, and, like the things we should have taken before they got burned. that whole thing. And I was like, oh, can you see? Can you see the, the boas hanging? I was out? wondering, I, before you even yeah. got on, like, is that feathers or a fancy yeah, those jacket? Are, those are feather boas from, from the Follies. So oh, that's awesome. They need a good home instead of burning. Um, we probably should wrap up and I don't oh, yeah, know if you have, and if oh, you have God. a question, is there a question you want to ask or, or anything you want to say? You know, I think that, I think that we covered, we covered a lot of ground and you and asked some really good I'm questions. Sure, I'm sure people have just tuned out. by now. <laughs> <laughs> so like, is this well, hey, interesting guys, to me? Let's wrap this up. And, <laughs> but you're so easy to talk to. And, and I just, I know we would have been fast friends back in the day, but that doesn't, we can't can't be fast friends. I'm not that far away from you. I'll have to head over there because when I found out you were in Idaho, I'm like, we can do that. We can make that work. You're going to have a daughter in Spokane. So yeah, that'd be even more reason to pop over there. But yeah, no, I was, I was just thought you were like the coolest person when I was in the show. Cause I mean, you would pop in, then you would leave. Like you said, you would go do other gigs and come back. I'm like, who is this Liz Larkin? And was she be my friend? I fooled you. I fooled you. I'm the coolest. <laughs> you, you. There was there, there were so many people, but like in Manetti, and I see pictures of you guys together, oh, and then right. Leslie Bandy and Liz, Liz, um, Elliot. I was just like, you know, there's there's people that you, that just stood out more for some oh, reason because there was great people, but maybe it's because I'd watched you on stage and I'm like, that's it. That's that's magic on stage. Oh, that is what I want. Oh, you're you're really you're really sweet. But is there? before we wrap it up, is there anything else you want the audience to know? Some little, some, some crazy little tidbit that we wouldn't know, like I, uh, about myself. Yes. About you, about you. Oh, I almost got my pilot's license when I was dancing. Oh, that's I was working on the ships and they would fly us on a seaplane. It was a crazy schedule. We get on in Miami for one ship and it was a three and four day, like, because they were short cruises. So they would get us off one. We'd go on a rowboat onto a seaplane, land somewhere else, get on a bus and a truck and then meet the other ship. It was insane. And then you're 20. You're like, yeah, okay. That makes sense. <laughs> that, that works. I'm just going to drag all my luggage, live in the suitcase. But the seaplane, my dad used to fly planes. And so I would sit up in the cockpit and like learn stuff. I'm like, I'm going to get my pilot's license. So the pilot would help me, but I actually got the, this is terrible. I got the book with all the answers and just basically memorized it which is not good if you're going to do something that's life-threatening, like flying. So I memorized the whole pilot study book and took the written and got like an 88%. My dad was like, how did you do that without going to uh, flight school? Well, when I started actually flying, it showed up that I didn't know anything because I memorized all the answers. And then I had to go, he pulled the engine on the plane. He says, okay, what are we going to do now? As you go into a stall, I'm like, I'm going to cry. I'm going to pee my pants and then we're going to die because I didn't learn this part. <laughs> just like, so I, I did learn, I could do takeoff didn't land. And I moved to Bermuda and I was going to finish my, like all my hours, but there was nowhere to fly on a one mile wide Island. So never got it. But that was one of those things. Like I look up at my photo and then I find my little pilot log book and went, yeah, that was an interesting chapter. And I didn't have no desire ever to do that, but Okay. I was going to you know, say that on your, on your bucket list. To, to No, not at all. I started, I scuba dived in Bermuda. I'm like, this is, this is better. I can pass this test and actually know what I'm talking about. Got it. Okay. Well, that's a, that's a pretty juicy little tidbit. Um, <laughs> there, okay. Name one thing on your bucket list before we go. Oh, it's just always travel. 
just travel. Always travel, isn't it? Yeah. Like all the places I want to go. And every time I go somewhere, I don't cross it off. I add it. Like I have to come back here. Plus the other 18 places I want to go. I would love to somehow, there has to be some, like somebody's going to do a series about bluebells and they're going to pay me to travel and visit you all and eat good food and watch shows and somehow sponsor me so I can make this a career. So if anybody's listening and you have a whole bunch of money or connections to Netflix, let's get this going so that I can um, travel the world, talk to bluebells and, and have tea and food with them and see the world. Would you send me your phone number? Sure. Okay. Do you know someone? I'm also single. So that's mm-hmm. also could be a thing. If a, a companion my age, that's not um, a curmudgeon. As you know, in the 60s, it's not looking so good. The yeah. options are not looking very good. I get it. Okay. One last thing. Okay. If, if you could see anyone live and in person, right? Like to, tonight, somebody gave you oh. something, what would it be? Do they have to be alive right now? No. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, the first thing that popped in mind was Cher, because that was the first show I saw in Vegas sat up right in the front row. And I just like, I want to see her wear those costumes. And I, I mean, I think she's an okay singer, but I think for, I mean, no, there's more people that will come to my mind later that I would love to see, but yeah. I would love to just sit front front of share again and go, well, she let's go roller skating. Great show. She does put on a great show. I, I saw her. It was one of the, one of her last performances before COVID in Vegas. And it was so cute because she's, you know, she's in her seventies. Just and, amazing. And she's amazing. And she was doing her patter to the audience and, and she totally went blank and oh. she, which, which you have to love. And she goes, well, you know, I seem to forget what I was talking about, but I'm going to walk over here and I will remember where she had her teleprompter. And I was, oh. Yes. Oh. She, she handled it with such grace and just, humor like oh it was it was it was it was great that's awesome and I want to see someone be real just watching her yeah she said she can hold a plank for five minutes I've paid to see that a plank for five minutes I said wearing a bob my phone for the first for 60 seconds and I'm I'm out right so I I think and I better I better you know, I could do, I could do five if I really wanted to, but, but we don't want to, why would we I want have. to do that? I got better things to do with those right. four minutes. <laughs> anyway, oh, girl. Okay. We have, that's to a good shut up. we have to be yeah. quiet. Your poor daughter's going to be editing the snot out of this. Nope. Nope. We're putting <laughs> it all in there. We leave everything in there. We leave the cat barking and the dog, the cat singing. It's all in there. Well, tell Thank me you for you. doing this. This was well, so much fun. I just, I just thought you, you got it. You get a turn share. Yeah, that was fun. Like, like just really good questions. And thank you for, for um, being willing and thank you for doing this and, and enriching our lives because oh. you really have. You oh. really it's been such, it's been the best thing the last couple of years. Like what it's done in the midst of COVID to feel community and connection and like kind of reconnecting to parts of myself and, each person I talked to, I'm like, what a gift. So it's been a huge blessing to me. So I am so glad that we, uh, it's not on video too, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's people that get nervous. I'm like, it's not on video. And I've had people show up with full makeup and all of that. I'm like, it's not video. And they go, that. oh, but I spent all this time on it. I did wash my hair for you, but that's, but that's. Your hair is fabulous. Your hair is, you've always had amazing well, full head of hair. So we'll, we'll set up a tea time with you. I'll reach out and we'll do a tea time and get silly and post a video. Oh, great. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in and, and, uh, and thank you. Thank your, your daughter too, for all that she does for, for this and making it happen. And, and I can't well, wait to, to see you in, in live and living color. Yay. Okay. Much love to you, Liz. Bye. Bye.